Utah's best sports radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Everybody ready? Uh oh! Guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Huh? Anybody? Hey, guess what day it is? Oh, come on! I know you can hear me. It's Hump Day. Hump Day. Let's get rolling. This is the Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. That is right. It is the Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Welcome on in. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. Gordon, hello. How are you, sir? I am really fine, Jake. How are you today? I'm good. Had, uh, had fun at the company party last night. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a good time. You know, what's the most fun about it is just sitting sitting around and just shooting a bull with everybody. You know? I, I don't know. The video games were pretty well, fun. Well, that was fun, yeah. too. Yeah, but I am i don't... What's that What's that game called that I was doing that you came over and laughed at me? Ski-ball? Ski-ball, yeah. I suck at that. Ski-ball, not your game? Are you good at that? Uh, No. No, I'm not. I, I, I was once when I was a kid, I guess, but now I, I don't know. You know I, why? Because I always go for the 100 in the corner. I, I just can't resist. I get you. That, that's how you end up with just tens the whole time, man. <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah. it, it was great. It was fun. It was the Larry H. Miller Sports and Entertainment um, holiday party, and uh, we had it over at David Buster's. Big thanks to um, Michelle Smith, our our people and culture uh, of people and culture, who uh, kind of organized the whole thing and and put it on. Jim Olson. Uh, we talked to Jim for a little bit. Uh, we did. It was fun last night, which which was fun. Of course, the uh, the new president of Larry H. Miller Sports and Entertainment. So, of all the uh, games they have over there, what are you best at? God, I'm not really good at. Are anything. you good at Papa Shot or whatever that is, the basketball? Uh, I'm okay at that, but interestingly enough, we didn't play that one. Didn't we tried to we tried to get to just about everything. We went for variety. Ah, okay. Well, nothing wrong with that. And you know, we got to we got to take home some you know cheap prizes for the for the little one. Are you uh, like what? What do you, do you like turn a, your tickets in and and got a a little mini indoor basketball hoop? Oh, that's cool. Because she likes her basketball hoop at school, and so we got one ah, for okay, yeah, right? And and I told uh, I told Lloyd this earlier, but we got her a couple of hacky sacks, <laughs> so we're we're getting her started off down the down the, the the hippie road, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a tree hugger, right? We're, we're going down we're going down that direction. She has a lot of long hair. We're we're going to get that dreaded up and uh, get her <laughs> kicking around that hacky sack, you know. I think of all those games, Jake. You you you're very coordinated. I could see you being good at what I'm good at. Okay. And I'm not good at everything. I'm not saying that, but one thing I'm really good at is air hockey. I I played uh, air hockey. I I went toe to toe with the wife and I beat her uh, by one goal. Ski ball, ski ball, ski ball. Yeah, ski ball. I suck at that. I can't do that. Not your thing. No, but but air hockey. Yeah. Did they still have the five star air hockey? 
Where it's uh, not yeah. just two one on one. Oh yeah, yeah, they, yeah they, I'm they, not that's as, fun. I'm not as good at that one because it's well, especially when you get like three pucks going at one time. It's uh, too confusing I like that for one. me. But yeah, it, it was fun. It was fun to do all that stuff. See, you're probably good at that pop a shot. I think I could see you doing that well. Well, it depends. On the length, of course, you know, the distance of the shot. Well, yeah, but we played. Well, they have the really high ones, and then they have the little narrow ones, and then they have the, the ones that are closer, and that's what I did. But Well, we had a, a great time, and thanks to everybody who, who put it on. Can I, can I change the subject for, sure. for one quick minute? Please. Because I'm, I'm very proud of you because you're finally coming around to the way that I think. And I, I just am, am really happy that I am <laughs> having for agreeing with you. I, I'm I'm happy that I'm having this influence. On what, you. what am I? Oh no, I agreeing with. Okay, so you know we all come into the studio, and basically the first thing you say to Austin is, "How about those Angels today?" Which is basically rubbing it in that Austin's team, the Angels did not get Garrett Cole and that he went to the Yankees and you took you were taking pleasure out of Austin Sports no, Misery no, no. which is exactly no, what I do no, and you have no. been criticizing you, me for for you, years as I'm usual I'm so proud of myself as usual you are misreading my intent am I yes okay I said how the angels feeling today. It wasn't ha ha Austin. Look at that. It was ha ha. No, look at no, that. It was like the no, first no, thing you said to no, him. No, because because I was hoping that the Phils might get him. So I'm okay. commiserating. Oh please, you were you were rubbing the evil it empire in. lives on. Austin, do you want to do you want to weigh in on this? It it, it it honestly it felt a little bit like, huh? How's the Angels today, guy? Oh, I, did? I didn't say it. And like then Jake that, said, no, not with that, but that's how I heard it. And then Jake <laughs> said, ooh, sore subject, and you went, mm-hmm. You did. It's it's uh, not. You did do it's, that. It's okay. No, it's not. With okay. your little eyebrows no, no, going. Beep, 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 beep. No, no. It's not unusual for me to say things to people and have it be taken the wrong way because I don't mean it that way. Okay. I, like this, in this, I did okay. not mean it that way. Okay. I, I swear to you, I didn't mean it you that way. You absolutely did, and it's no, fine. No, I it didn't. was like the first thing you said to him. It wasn't like, "Hey, Austin, how are you?" It was, <laughs> "Boy, your angels uh, really missed well, the boat today." No, that's, how are that's you not, feeling about not, it? That's not what I said. Are you gonna that's, cry? Are no, you gonna that, cry? <laughs> That's not basically my, not my intent at all. That's basically that, 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 what happened. That's not how it was intended. And, and so it's fine. I, I apologize. I I've uh, told you I've told you this that that you could, that I cheer for my dearest friends in life wholeheartedly. I hope that all <laughs> the success in the world like Lloyd's on, Lloyd's on the other side of the glass right now, all right? And he's he's a Raiders and a Giants fan. I I I hate both of those franchises with a passion. A lot of that has to do with Lloyd. However, I hope that every good thing possible in actual life happens but to Lloyd his and his life to be miserable. family. But yes, but I want his teams to lose. Yeah, that's how it works. And you finally get it. It's too much a big part of Lloyd's life for you to separate the two that way. And that's why you came in and said, oh, how about that, the okay, angels, that's not, Austin? That's not what I said. <laughs> I said, how are the angels feeling? You were not. You said, "How are your angels feeling?" You were I not uh, 
empathizing with I was, Austin. I you was were completely. needling Austin. I was completely. And by the way, since Lloyd is in there with Austin, hey, Lloyd, will you take the mic for one second? I got a question for you. Here, Lloyd, I'll let you as the producer of the show take the mic. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, Lloyd, <laughs> I saw a mock draft today that had your Raiders picking you know who in the first round? Tell me. Jordan Love. Interesting. Considering they just paid a lot of money to a quarterback. Keep it himself, it, looking it across was, the middle of the field, and ball is up and intercepted. <laughs> it's just a mock draft, but that's what they said. I, of interest locally, I guess. But anyway, I, I don't mean see. I didn't mean that. And it's any, intercepted at the twenty-yard line. Oh. <laughs> see, see, no, this is not right. Jeez, Austin, we didn't plan. We Austin, we did not plan that. I was not meaning to ask him that so that it would come across. I don't know, hey, Austin. How are your angels doing? I don't know. You know what? Seems like you did it twice now. You know what this is, Lloyd, and, and you know what this is is this is Gordon deflecting, and you know who else is good at this is hands. Is is when the the, the spotlight flies to Gordon and he's a little uncomfortable because I'm right. <laughs> And now he deflects to talking about Lloyd's Raiders. You know, no. speaking of the Raiders, hey, no, Lloyd, how do you br- feel about this? You bought, you brought the Raiders up, and so it made me think of the mock draft I saw today. <sighs> so misunderstood. <laughs> okay. All right. Sure you are. You know, You're but, just but one but of Lisa, us. Lisa, and you, has, you could Lisa has told me on occasion that I'll say things and and she will take them in a different way than I meant, just like you did a few minutes ago. Uh, it was fun. So ha- I apologize. It was fun hanging out with uh, with Lisa at the party last night. Seems like you guys are good. She's good. She is. She's awesome. Uh, Jackie too. Hanging out with PK's wife as oh, well. Yeah. That was uh, that was an absolute blast. Mm-hmm. So that was a fun part of it. All right. Should we get down to business? You're okay. not. You're not going to. You're going to keep defending yourself even though that that 100. <laughs> percent I did, I did not come in and the first thing I say. Hey, Austin. <laughs> it was, it was, Your though. angels got screwed again. It was though. And they desperately need pitching. I didn't. That that wasn't it at all. And the reason I brought that up is because we talk about sports here. And so it, was, it wasn't, hi, how are you, tell me your life story. It was, hey, this is what was in the news. <sighs> mm-hmm. We know what you were doing. It's all right. See, but how about- see, this is a classic example of somebody who has a sour heart himself. And so he thinks everyone else has that same sour heart. Are you, why, do you, why do you have to take things to the extreme? <laughs> Because you know, we point something out, and then in your retort is to tell me that I'm a bad person. No, no, that, because that really I don't. I don't separate between my friends' uh, happiness in life and their misery in sports, because that that line gets crossed back and forth all the time. You do, though, but that's all right. Three hundred twenty-four million dollars—that'd be nice, huh? Nine Man. years. How about that? Teach your kids to be pitchers. Yeah, get that done. That'd be that'd be pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we're going to talk some jazz. We're going to talk some uh, college football as well. Frank Dolce is going to be on the show at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Excited to talk to Frank. A little bit of a truncated big show today because uh, jazz game night pregame coverage begins at 5 before the jazz and Timberwolves game. Uh, Coach Tim Lacombe is going to be my pre-half and uh, post-game co-host tonight. I always enjoy listening to you guys. It'll be uh, fun to to hang out with with Coach Lacombe. He's also going to be on the call for the, uh, what is it, the... um, the Beehive Classic coming yeah. up on the weekend with uh, with the one and only, the world-famous Tony Parks. I will be there covering that. Yeah, are you guys going to show up? 
Um, I'd like to go. It's a really fun event. Yeah. So that'll be uh, that'll be good. All right. Let's get into the uh, let's get into the split story of the day, Austin. <sighs> two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Um, I think it only feels different because, honestly, I'll just give us expectations because of who we have and who we brought in. You know, a lot of it is just we got to put in the work in. We said that at the beginning, and, you know, um, the good thing is we're not 19 and 27, but, you know, we're 13 and 11. You know, we got to figure out at some point we can't just sit here and say it's a long season. Um, and like I said, I got to be better as a whole as a leader and as a player. I like what Donovan said there at the end because I think each and every jazz player has to do a couple things. Well, many things, but a couple I'll list right now. The first is to listen to what Quinn Snyder is saying. The second is to look in the mirror and evaluate how they individually can help this team bump out of this skid. And uh, and that's what Donovan said he was going to do. I agree with that completely because they are better, in my opinion, than they have shown. Um, Zach Lowe of ESPN uh, said this, uh, talked about the Jazz on his uh, on uh, on his podcast. And he talked specifically about how this year's team feels different than the past couple of years. I, I don't it's, know it's, if it's you a can, matter of camaraderie, right. esprit de corps. It feels different, yeah. and I know they're still doing like the the um, interview, soak them with water, and and you see some of that stuff still. But it does it 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 feels different. And so when I hear Donovan talk about how he's trying to figure out how to be a better leader, that I think is actually really insightful because he's probably facing some challenges that he hasn't faced from a leadership standpoint in his career. Remember, when he got here, it was a team that was thirsting for somebody to come in and, and score and be dynamic and be a leader, and, and he just fit that role, and everybody was buddies, and this big positive vibe around this plucky team mm-hmm. that has proven people wrong, and, and that's, that's amazing, right? And this year, expectations are different. Chemistry is different. They're older Gordon, they're one of the oldest teams in the league, and and uh, don't I know it? You know what? Uh, getting older, you, you get a little set in your ways. <laughs> you know, you're you're right a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know, you dig in your heels a little bit harder, and so you know maybe that that's what he's talking about. He's he's learning how to deal with that because he's he's has to be the leader of the team. He has to be not not that he has to do the whole job, but he's the dynamic guy with the shoes who's going to get paid and who's on the Team USA and is a captain on Team USA. I mean, the, the, the franchise cornerstone, Donovan Mitchell, has to be the leader of that locker room, and he's got to figure it out. He's got to become more efficient, too. Well, he's that's gotta, on top of his own game. He's got to quit going 10 of 27 from the floor. Yeah, I agree. I mean, but, but, but part but, of that is he's not getting the help that he needs. Last night, or excuse me, two nights ago, Gordon, at the beginning of the fourth quarter, he, he was playing like, all right, well, nobody else is showing up, so I guess I'm going to go have to go out there and get us back in this. Yeah. And it didn't go very well. He needs so, somebody else to help. So let me circle back on what you were getting at there with, uh, with Zach. And it's this whole idea of the mood of the locker room, the, the feeling around the team. 
What is causing that? Do you think it's a matter of guys are pressing because the expectations were high? And the, I mean, a year ago at this time, they were 11 and 13. This year, they're 13 and 11. So what is it that has changed? Do you think the different personalities on the team are, are, have, have soured it somehow? Or do you think it's just that uh, there's a gap between what these guys expect of themselves and what they expect collectively and where they are right now? Because that can win and solves a lot of things. It makes guys feel better about one another. And But last year, I mean, they got off to the slow start, and I didn't really get the feeling like they were at each other's throats. So can I – so I've given given this a lot of yeah. thought, and let me completely speculate. All sure. right, this is this is. I mean, not, we all are. This is not reporting any news in any way, shape, or form. But speaking of Coach Tim Lacombe coming in tonight for pre-off and post, there was a game earlier in the season, and uh, probably about a month ago, that Coach was as we're sitting here watching the game. He's talking about how they're not moving the basketball, mm-hmm. and he's like, well, "Let's it, it, let's count the number of one pass possessions, one pass or fewer." Mm-hmm. And it, it, he was it was a brilliant observation by him. I mean, it was it was prevalent throughout the game, and I believe they lost this particular. I, I, I'll ask Tim when he gets here which which game uh, if he can remember that we were talking about. And you see the game against Oklahoma City, not moving the basketball. We're not seeing the we're not seeing the blender. So you did see it against Memphis. You did see it against Memphis, but a little more. Um, selflessness is something that I would categorize the past, previous couple of years of jazz basketball. They talked about it all the time, and their actions really backed up their words True. in a lot of ways. They're a very selfless team, and that sort of thing can spread. Well, this year's team might not be as selfless. I mean, if the ball's not moving, you know, you've you've got historically guys that play one on one. And you're asking them to do some different things. Maybe it's a little bit of a different vibe, and I think that sort of thing can spread. I also think that, and I know you disagree with me on this, but I think Rudy calling out the whole team that early in the season was bad. I don't think that that was. I don't think that was good. I bet you that is something that they're dealing with in that locker room. Hmm. Maybe even still. Should they be? Well, if they were winning, it would help, yeah. but they're not. So it's true. It's funny how how much things get better when you're winning, even if everything isn't perfect. It just uh, every the, you know the the coffee smells sweeter, the sun seems to be shining more. You know your dog is more obedient, your kids are happier. Everybody everybody's in good shape that way. But when it's not going well, then everybody starts picking everything apart. And in this case, the Jazz do uh, do need to pick it apart a little bit. And as I said, uh, individual accountability needs to come into play here. And if Quinn Snyder wants them to move the basketball, then don't come down and throw one pass and then try to fiddle and faddle with the ball and try to beat your man one-on-one to the rim or on on some sort of mid-range shot. Don't do that. We have seen that a lot. We've seen it from Donovan. We've seen it from Bogdanovich. We've seen it from Mike Conley. These guys need to get together and remember that that's jazz basketball. That's what they do. That's how they've been successful in the past, and it's how they'll be successful moving forward. Not giving the ball to Emmanuel Moutier and deciding, okay, I got this, guys. No, I mean, it, a lot of people are guilty of it. Emmanuel Moutier is another one. Uh, we we talked about one specific play with Dante Exum from the last game where he dribbled himself into just a horrendous spot and then threw the ball away. I mean, you know, it. whatever. They're not running Quinn's stuff. 
it seems. That's why and I so, say the two things. Yeah. Listen to Quinn Snyder and look at yourself and say, what can I do uh, to be a better teammate, to be to make this thing work? Yeah. And that goes at both ends of the floor, not just at the offensive end, because there have been times defensively when they can't get stops. Well, I think I – think, um, Zach Lowe is very perceptive, and for a guy who's not around the team on a daily basis, so, I think that's a, an astute observation from him because it does. It it does. It feels different. Okay, so if he's right, and we've heard whispers, how do you correct that? Because that's a different thing. Now, how do you get guys to be team-oriented? Well, that goes that goes right back to what Donovan Mitchell was talking about, I think. Following line, getting line behind. He needs Donovan. to figure it out how to how to get them. We, Gordon, not to toot our own horns, but we talked about this uh, right when the trade was made that Conley was going to have to come fit into the Jazz culture, and I don't mean for this to sound like a, a criticism of Mike because I think it's much more difficult than a lot of people envision well, it out there. Two time teammate of the year, whatever right. you know. But he wasn't. He was going to have to come in here and fall in line. He was because this is Donovan and Rudy's team, and they had a thing going. And Joe Ingles is a big part of that. You know, it was, you know, it was like Mark Jackson coming into John and Carl's locker room. You know, you, well, that wasn't you, so good. It didn't. That one didn't go well because Mark didn't think he needed to fall in line, and he didn't. And I it, thought Stockton was overrated. He did. And so I'm not saying that Mike Conley is Mark Jackson by any means, but you know it's an adjustment for him. This isn't his team. This isn't Mike Conley's team for the first time in his career. This some is not of, his team. Some of it's so physical because Mike is used to having the ball in his hand. Yep, he is used to handling the ball and setting everybody up. This is different, and it is you know he's thinking how much time he spends off the ball now, or he's asked to. He's just standing over there waiting for someone to pass it. This is a whole different thing for him. And I do think him adjusting to Rudy's offense has been an issue. You know, okay, okay, let me think this through. I've been told I can be stubborn at times. No. I'm thinking about what you said about Rudy Gobert. And in a situation where he is one of the team leaders, maybe you're right. Maybe his public criticism wasn't the leadership thing to do. Instead of, hey, give me the ball more. Hey, guys, let's get let's work this out as a team. You know? Because he is he and he and Donovan are the veterans here, uh, as far as jazz uh, seniority goes. And we we said this at the time. It would be one thing for Rudy to have gone out their defense. That's a that's a really team thing, right? It'd be one thing for Rudy to come out and say, "Hey guys, we've got to play harder on defense. What are we doing here?" You know, that'd be that's that's a really team concept, as opposed to, "Hey guys, pass me the ball. What are we doing here?" That's a, that's about Rudy, and whether he's right or not, I don't think is really the point. The message that you're sending to your teammates is a huge point, as opposed to working something out internally. Yeah. You you go right to the Salt Lake Tribune. And, and blast away. And by the way, he has every right to do it. I mean, I'm not, you know, I uh, if you're Andy Larson who got the quote, I mean, you're taking the quote. Rudy wants to get it out there. Hey, he has every right to get it out there. I just don't think from a leadership standpoint it was a smart move at all. Because you're people putting people on blast nine games into the season, and it's about you. And I get it. Hey, Rudy's got a lot of pressure on him. He's eligible for a Supermax, and he's – He's got to go out there and prove that he is worth that contract to the Jazz and, and to the league. And everybody tells Rudy he's not a good enough offensive player. 
And and if he doesn't get that supermax, that's going to be why. That's a fact. I'm sure. I'm sure he is well aware of it. And and there's a lot of pressure there. And he needs to to put up offensive numbers. And he's reliant on other people to do that. And I'm sure that's that's part of the motivation for this. But from a team standpoint, I don't think that was healthy. So how do, let's fix it. All all of our listeners out there, everyone's asking these questions. Let's fix it today. Let's fix it before this game tonight against Minnesota. And the Jazz aren't going to be listening to us, or maybe they are. I don't know. You know, you never know who might be listening. But let's get let's wrap our minds around this and figure out a way the Jazz can fix this. I mean, do they have to? Okay, from a physical standpoint. But it bleeds over to the emotional and mental as well, and the overall team spirit. Do they have to do the Norman Dale thing? They have to go down and pass it seven times before somebody shoots. Is that is that part of it, or do you still, do you take the first good shot? And with these offensive players who think every shot they take is a good shot, and you don't want them to start doubting themselves, what do you? Do you, if you're Quinn, do you say, okay, fellas, I want to see four, five, six passes? See, I don't think Quinn can fix what's wrong right now. I think it's got to be – Scotty and Hans were talking about this today. I thought they were they were 100% on the money. You know, Hans talking about his time with the Colts. You know, this sort of thing was fixed by the leadership on the team. You know, it's pro sports. A coach can only do so much. I think – Quinn's X's and O's are, are are more than competent. I think he knows how to use Mike Conley and the players on the team. I think the the buy-in and everybody pulling in the right direction, I think that's what they need to figure out. And I think that's on the leadership of the team. And so then does the leadership on the team have to make that kind of designation? Fellas, we're moving the ball. Yes. Anybody who dribbles it more than three times isn't doing it right. Well, it's exactly why I think – against um, uh, Memphis the other night. Okay, so Joe Ingles came on last week with, with DJ and PK. Joe Ingles' show, uh, always must listen, but last week was was particularly good. But Joe talked about how after the loss to the Lakers, they stayed in the locker room until 11 p.m. And I talked about this the next day, Gordon, and, and you weren't with us, you were traveling. But you know this, NBA players, if they have two nights off and a home game, I mean, that is... That is something that doesn't happen all that often, and those guys usually on those nights, Gordon, are out of that locker room as quickly as possible because you want to spend time with your family sure. or, or do whatever it is. It's, it's your personal time that you don't get much of during an NBA season. And the fact that they stuck around till 11 o'clock to hash it out, I thought was a big deal. And then they come out against Memphis, and we see that, right? That was the discourage or the the ball movement, and they had Emmanuel Mudiay had seven assists. I mean, we saw it, but I, that's what was so discouraging about the Oklahoma City loss because they it, it was gone. You know, they you thought you're like okay, they they hash it out, they they talk about sharing the ball, you see it happen, and then it goes away. So I don't know. They gotta they gotta figure out how to make that stick and make that last. Hmm. Well, the message needs to get across to everybody involved. If you have a suggestion for the Jazz. At Jake Scott Zone, at Gordon Monson. All right. Uh, let us know what you think. want to remind you that the savings are on at Ken Garf West Valley Ram. Get a new Ram truck for less with Employee Pricing Plus when you stop by during the Black Friday sales event. Visit them today. More of the Big Show straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. 
Joined in studio now by Riley Jensen, football insider, former Aggie quarterback. I know how it works here, PK. You just go with whatever I say. You're kind of like the adversary. You don't really push against people. You just give them a nudge really, really far in the direction they're already going. So if I say you hate Utah State, you're like, oh, yeah, I can't stand those guys. <laughs> you're just like the adversary. Beelzebub in studio. DJ and Lucifer doesn't have the same ring. Sounds like a dangerous show, though. DJ and Lucifer? <laughs> yeah, doesn't have the same ring as DJ and PK. It actually, actually it doesn't right. change the show at all. It feels exactly the same. I'm a devil. What can I tell you? (laughs) Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. One is the loneliest number that you'll ever do. Two can be as bad as one. It's the loneliest number since the number one. No is the saddest experience you'll ever know. Yes, it's the saddest experience you'll ever know. Big show. Fan of the day today, Three Dog Night, selected by me and brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. Got a tweet here from Depressed Jazz Fan. He says, Jake hit the nail on the head. Rudy and Donovan look like they are caring more about their individual games this year. Donovan has played too much hero ball. They need to play team basketball and then let the accolades come, not the opposite. I appreciate that uh, depressed jazz fan. I think they need to share the ball more. I got a, I got a tweet from uh, Jim who said, that's it. Jake Scott is calling Rudy Gobert a locker room cancer on that's 1280 what, The Zone I heard. with Gordon Monson and Austin Horton. Tune in now. I'm not calling Rudy uh, a locker room cancer by any means. In fact, Rudy is one of the leaders on this team, which I also said in the in the last segment. But he, I don't think... I think he, you said he reminded you of Jimmy Butler a little bit. No, no. He stopped, why, why are you... You're not helping at all. I don't think it was a wise move to uh, for Rudy to have wielded his leadership the way that he did. Okay. And and that's really all. And and maybe Rudy needs to, you know, figure out what kind of leader he's he's going to be. I think we heard Donovan admit he's still figuring it out. I'm sure Rudy is. In fact, Rudy has one of the more unique personalities that I've seen. You know, with uh, with NBA players, and not that I'm any sort of psych- psychologist, but I mean, he's 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 different. He's really driven. He's really he is. He, he has and it has upsides, not just uh, an occasional downside. Right. I mean, he's he's unbelievably driven. But that's very why proud. he is very proud man. Very proud. Mm-hmm. But that's why he is as good as he is, is because of that personality. But you know, there's there could be some some downsides to that because he has to be a leader. He's in a position on this team where he has to be a leader, and I'm sure he's still figuring that out. And by the way, he went to the press once before, remember, and he kind of called out a certain member on the team back when uh, the Jazz still yes. had Gordon Hayward the final year, mm-hmm. right, of a guy that was just going out so and playing was, for his contract. That's exactly you know, right, he did. So that one was actually really effective, but he. He, it wasn't about him. It was about the team. 
uh, because they needed this particular player to have team success, and he didn't use anybody's name. It didn't appear selfish to on Rudy's part, but his message probably got through. We kind of knew who it was. And, sure. But you know what I mean? He didn't. He didn't go scorched earth, you know. Gordon needs to be a better show host, you know, like. But just implied it. But that would work, right? So this time, I just don't think right time, right subject matter. I I just don't think that this one was probably the best move on his part. But that by no means thinks that I I think that Rudy is a locker room cancer. I absolutely don't. In fact, the Jazz so needle took it a few steps too far. In fact, that this Jazz team needs a little backbone. And that's something that Rudy's leadership, I think, could help. Well, there is a—it's not tough enough, right? Let's say it the way it is. They got to be tougher. So if Rudy and they and, really miss Jay Crowder in that regard, if Rudy came out and and pulled the Salt Lake Tribune, pulled you know Andy Larson aside and said, "Hey, this team needs to get tougher. We need to really step off our toughness," and that starts with me. I mean, now that could send a, a positive vibe through the locker room, as opposed to. Hey, give me the ball. <laughs> As a leader on this team, I'm telling you the secret to our success. Give me the ball. Get me the ball. I'm not getting the ball enough. Get me the ball. It worked for Keyshawn. Did it though? No. <laughs> no, not really. Did it, you know? And and you know what? You you made this point when we were talking about what Rudy did, and and you were right on this part where, you know, it probably did need to happen more. When he's got a guard pinned under the basket. Yeah. You know, he probably does need to get and the ball in that And it's frustrating for any kind of low post player or a player of his size, his dimension, when he goes to the trouble to do exactly what you just described, and then the ball doesn't come in next time, he's not as eager to do that because that's doing hard work, and he depends on that because he can't create on his own. And I would guess there are any number of effective ways that Rudy could get his message across without going to the media. And I don't think that he exhausted them all by the ninth game of the season. I'm, I don't know if he did. So I don't, I, I don't know part. either. I don't know whether he was talking to the guys and they weren't listening. And so he resorted to that. But uh, share. I, I think that's huge. Share the ball more. Yep. And when you're tempted to do it on your own, don't. Be selfless. This team, a big part of his success with was its selflessness. Well, sacrifice your two points or your three points in that moment for someone else's. It might be yours again, and it might be in rhythm, and it might be a better shot. It's worth it doing that. The only problem for the Jazz is sometimes they're plagued by turnovers. And maybe if a guy thinks, okay, I'm going to do this on my own, he can eliminate some of those turnovers. Because it's just like that game the other night. When they that was like a four or five point game is going back, then all of a sudden a couple turnovers, a couple missed shots, and then next thing you know, the lead seventeen. I think listen, they're playing, they're not moving the basketball now, and they're turning it over. So you might <laughs> as got well to lose. You might as well move the basketball because you're going to turn it over anyway. Well, think about how pretty it looks when they do. Right. And the times when it's going well, and they haven't really consistently done that from start to f- Can you think of a single game this year when all systems were go throughout the entire game? Uh-uh. I can think of, I can think of a few moments, second half against the Clippers when Mike Conley had 18 points, yeah. you know. Uh-huh. You, you can think of moments where— That was the where, third quarter. And, yep, where it worked, but not a whole game probably, no? About time to start. Oh, well, they've got a chance in Minnesota tonight. Now, Mike Conley is not going to be playing. He's still out with that hamstring, and that hurts because it's it's one contributor that's not going to play on a team that's already shorthanded. So yeah. 
that's not good. But the good news is Minnesota's really struggling. They've lost five consecutive games. So <laughs> That's the good news. That's the good news. There. The team you're playing sucks. Well, it's going to be a battle of, of teams that are struggling tonight, yeah. Move the freaking ball. And if you're tempted to do it on your own, don't. Just don't. Move the ball. And then if it comes back to you and you have a certain dipsy-doodle move you want to try out or Donovan with a spend, then go ahead and do that. But don't do it right off the bat. Yeah. All right, we want to remind you, purchase Ford Fan Zone all-you-can-eat ticket to an upcoming game and receive unlimited hot dog, soda, popcorn, nachos, and ice cream, starting as low as $37 per ticket. Visit utahjazz.com or call 325-2999 to buy your Ford Fan Zone all-you-can-eat tickets now. More straight ahead on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Head coach of Weber State Football, Jay Hill. Is it something that you can use to go into a kid's home with their family there and say, not only are we going to take care of you, but now we've been to this level of the playoffs three years in a row and beyond? I think everybody knows if you just look at us, we're a legit top five team in the country for three years in a row now. And if you want to play for a contender, then this is a great place to obviously do it. And I believe we're still getting better where we've been a top five team now for three years in a row, we still got a big step to take forward, and hopefully it's this year to where we're more like a top one or two team in the country. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Just an old-fashioned love song playing on the radio. Big Show 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. Austin, let's, uh, let's give away some tickets. It's a Win Ticket Wednesday. Hit it. This is your chance to win tickets. Win. It's a Win Ticket Wednesday. 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 Caller number 12 right now at 855-340-ZONE. And you'll win tickets right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 855-340-ZONE. Caller 12 right now, 855-340-ZONE. We're going to send you to see the Zach Brown Band. They're out on tour this spring supporting their new album, The Owl. See them live with special guests Amos Lee and Pooh Bear, not to mention Sasha Serrata, on Thursday, March 26th at the Maverick Center. Tickets are on sale now. Purchase your tickets at LiveNation.com or simply be the 12th caller right now at 855-340-ZONE. Gordon, uh, real quick, uh, have you been following the Mountain West Conference and their uh, coaching vacancies at all? A little bit, yeah. I don't understand some of the hires, Colorado State, for instance. Uh, Yeah, they're hiring uh, Steve Adazio, the former uh, Boston College head football coach who had very little success that makes absolutely no sense but once again colorado state is looking east for their head coach what are you doing i i will never understand why some schools make their their head coaching hires unlv has made just puzzling head coaching hires actually i take that back some head coaching hires that you think like okay that's kind of out of the box i can respect that and it just has failed but this one uh, like like Colorado State's, and we'll get to UNLV's here in a second, but Colorado State's, what are you hiring Steve Adazio for? What are you doing? 
And, you know, we know Jay Hill and we love Jay Hill around here. There's no secret about it. But hire somebody with some regional connections at very least, right? Somebody that can recruit to your program. Sounds like a good idea to me since that's 85% of it right there. See, now they've got a direct pipeline into New England, the college football (laughs) hotbed. I mean, that makes no sense. Isn't he the guy that was just a little different in some of his behaviors and yes, whatnot. very much so. I just read a Twitter thread about how he banned an ex-player from the stadium and then tried to get him cut by the Falcons. <laughs> nice. I mean, how horrible is that? Yeah. Uh, and then uh, look at UNLV that, that hires a guy uh, in um, Marcus Arroyo, who's the offensive coordinator at Oregon. They hire the offensive coordinator that actually underperformed <laughs> with the offense that he was coaching. I'm not sure that uh, the folks at Oregon were all that uh, upset about that move. The guy is given a top 10 NFL draft quarterback <laughs> and can't even make him all conference. Quick, hire that guy. <laughs> He's the guy we want. Uh, you know, you got the best offensive line in the Duran country and Justin Herbert. And you can't cobble together an all-conference type year for that guy. Well, maybe hey, UNLV, quick, get him on the get him on the horn. Come on. Maybe he has other charms. But has the hiring history at UNLV been anything to uh, sing about? Well, you know, John Robinson was a good coach, but <laughs> he might have been. That was a, a long, long time he ago. Might have been a little bit uh, past his prime, mm-hmm. I suppose. Uh, but. I don't know. No, the I, I just sometimes programs get stuck into these weird hiring things, and it's just a disaster. PK talks about it all the time on DJ and PK. I mean, if if I were a young up and coming coach and I had a lot of success at a at a, at a sort of a a lesser program, if that's what you want to call it, and people aren't hiring me and they're hiring guys like this, that would be extremely frustrating. You're like, what do I have to do? Yeah. How much do I have to win? What do I have to prove? Again, why don't you hire a guy like Jay Hill at UNLV who's been recruiting Las Vegas for, what, two decades, Gordon? Who's familiar with all the coaches down there, who knows about building a program? And listen, if you can spend five years talking folks into playing in Ogden, no offense to our good listeners up there, it's just not the most glamorous destination. You should be able to sell Vegas, right? Would you rather hire somebody who lost at a bigger name school or somebody who wins a lot at a, at a smaller name school. And listen, you know, coaches from uh, FCS, uh, some some have worked, some have not. You know, Jim Tressel was a, an FCS coach, right? And then he goes to Ohio State. But there were any number of coaches from, like, Bobby Houck that came from Montana, yeah. and that was a disaster. So, yeah. you know, I get it. But I would hire somebody at least with regional connections. You're a group of five team. That means you got to be focused on on keeping folks home because you're going to have a tough time pulling a team out of you know southern Florida. What I would hire is somebody who has a great attention to detail, somebody who is a terrific recruiter and evaluator of t- a talent. That is such a huge part of it and has a game plan to reel in that talent. That's what I'm listening to. I couldn't agree more. That's that's the that's the recipe for success in college sports. Is is John Calipari a good coach? I have no clue, <laughs> but I know he has the best players in the year or in the uh, in the country per near every year. Does he this year? I mean, is anybody any good this year? Does anybody have any idea if Nick Nick Saban can actually coach football? 
He couldn't with the Dolphins. Or does he just have the best recruits in the country every single year? Well, but that's his responsibility. Make sure he gets that. I mean, is is Urban Meyer the best coach in the history of the world, or did he just cherry-pick the situations that were grossly (laughs) underperforming? Or take advantage of a stupid tattoo scandal where you're handed the best team in the country? That helps. That helps a lot. Every coach I've ever known who who, who, who knew anything always says that the players are the most important part of it and recruiting those players. This is something Kyle has been uh, admitting, if that's the word, since he took over at Utah. You've got to have the players. And I don't care how good a coach you are. If you don't have the players, you're not, gonna, you're not going to uh, succeed. It just doesn't work that way. That's why I want a guy who can reel those guys, at least a good portion of those guys in. I know UNLV is going to struggle to do that. But when Gary Anderson first went to Utah State, he went there with a plan that had not been followed in the past. He was going to stress finding local guys and then finding a smattering of guys who came from other regions. And that's exactly what he did, and that's how he lifted up that program the first time around. His predecessor, Brent Guy, uh, he had at least one recruiting class that I remember where he didn't have one Utah player. Yeah. Not one. And Gary saw that they were taking advantage of that and, and went in there and, and addressed some things. I, I think you're 100% right. And I just don't understand how Boston College's former coach is going to come into Colorado State with a plan to win. Well, it's like the old Beatles song, Revolution, Show Me the Plan. I mean, really, part of the reason I think that Urban Meyer was the perfect fit at Utah was because he coached under Sonny Lubick at Colorado State. He knew the region. He knew what Utah was all about as a program. I'm sure if uh, you know Urban absolutely had a, a plan laid out for success at Utah because he was familiar with it. Well, is this Adazio guy, has he had any experience in the West at all? Let's see here. Anywhere along the way? I know a lot of people were really surprised at that hire. Okay, he started out in uh, 1985 uh, through 1987 at Western Connecticut State. (laughs) Okay. And then 88 through 94 at Cheshire High School in Connecticut. Uh, 95 through 96, tight ends coach at Syracuse. 97-98, O-line coach at Syracuse. 99 through 2001, Notre Dame tight ends coach and then he was at indiana until 04 then uh, florida from 05 to 2010 then temple from 11 to 12 and then finally boston college from 2013 to 2019 so he's very familiar with the region very familiar he was born in farmington connecticut his alma mater is central connecticut state I'll tell you this much: the Rams are going to be the uh, the preppiest team around, <laughs> right? No, I'm telling you, they are going to farm that New England area for <laughs> all three high school kids that actually play football. <laughs> okay, well, I'm glad they got that right. They only play flag football in Connecticut, right? That's true. That's I, I bet point. he has a, a working knowledge of field hockey. Probably does. Uh huh. Got a great lacrosse program. Yeah. Oh, this is a terrific sport. Hmm. Never, never played they're, it myself. They're terrific at chess. <laughs> and then stock fights. All right, we're going to talk to Frank Dolce. Uh, maybe we'll run this by Frank. He's he's obviously been following football in the region for a long, long time. Why some of these programs make the hires that they do. And Speaking makes, of prep. It makes no sense. And, yeah, Frank is kind of a preppy dude. Yeah. Hey, uh, what, what's the preppiest uh, get-up you've ever seen him in? Uh, I don't know. I don't keep a diary of Frank Dolce's <laughs> outfits. 
Does he wear the uh, the polo shirts with the collar up? Uh, it seems like something he'd do, but I don't know. What's the preppiest thing you've seen Frank wear? I think the penny loafers, probably. Does he wear penny loafers? Is that preppy? Yeah, it's kind of preppy. Uh, do or, they have or the maybe, pennies maybe, in them? Maybe the duck shoes. The duck shoes. What do you call those? Like topsiders? No, 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 no. Like Crocs? Uh, yeah, like Crocs. How did I get that? Or how about, or there's also that other shoe that sort of, the, he shops at L.L. Bean, you know, that, those kinds of shoes, you know, with a rubberized. Actually, All right. I have no clue what you're talking about. Were you never preppy? Uh, no. Didn't I, do you never read the, prep, the preppy handbook? There is such a thing? Oh, yeah. Because that, that kind of sounds like the New England Journal of Fact to me. Like, no, I will, I will give you some tips from the preppy handbook. I don't, no, back. thank you. No, uh, you, you, you no we are you not, need, we are not doing that. No, Frank is joining the show, and we're going to talk to him about football, and, and that is what we're going to talk to Frank about. There's a whole manual on it. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. From the athletic good friend of the program, Mike Eugen. The four-team college football playoffs are now set. And once again, the West is locked out of those college football playoffs. I think part of that goes back to the Pac-12 cannibalization aspect. Um, there has been no one truly dominant team like in the old days when USC blitzed everybody. I think if Utah had beaten Oregon, I think Utah would be the fourth team. And I think the fact that... Oregon loses to an Arizona State. Utah loses to a USC. While that's, wow, this league is really deep, you don't want to be deep. You want to have, frankly, an imbalance at the top, and the Pac-12 has not had that. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.